Um, I notice that in my time as a teacher now, um, in this context, uh, that I, I used to like write talks and they used to have this like really strong um, story arc to them and you'd have to, you know, take off in the plane and land the plane and it had to be all really nice and tight and neatly packed together. And if you had any ideas in there that didn't fit, people would criticize you. They'd be like, yeah, it really makes sense. And so you had this pressure to put together this like neatly packaged talk all the time. Not so much anymore. Um, because as I, as, I, as I think more about this community and what it is to me and my role here and, and how I interact with it, um, I just don't know if it's possible for me to write these neatly packaged conversations anymore. Because I wrote one three weeks ago and it's changed every day since then. And so what I offer you uh, in this conversation of reconstruction is more of a stream of consciousness and some ideas that I have for you. And um, in, in classic Seth Hirschkorn fashion, um, very few answers today, but a lot of questions to, to leave you with. Um, we're in this series on reconstruction. And it's something that um, a big part of this community has been these three words, construction, deconstruction, and reconstruction. Um, it seems to be like almost the theme of CMYK, that we are people in various stages of these things trying to figure them out. And so just to recap real quick, um, construction is this place that we start where our beliefs are essentially given to us. We're handed them, uh, and, and in specifically in the context of spiritual belief, we all start somewhere with some form uh, or non-form of spiritual belief. And, and this is how we start life out, and generally it's handed to us and given to us, and this is where we exist for quite some time until, for some of us, uh, there's a conflict in this construction. Generally, what I've noticed is in construction, what we do is we seek out enclaves of people that agree with us, right? You've we've heard about church hopping or just finding the right podcast to listen to or the right group of people to hang out with. And construction is generally this place and space we exist where we all tend to agree. And it's really comfortable. And if I'm being completely honest, I, I miss it. Just about every day. I wish I could rewind the clock five years sometimes and just go back to being a youth pastor in my mid-20s, being a good Christian lad, working at a church, and everything being in its place and proper. And and not having the questions that I've had to deal with and not having the problems I've had to deal with and not having the thoughts um, of deconstruction. I miss it. And it was, it was easy, but for me, it was dishonest. More on that in a minute. And then what we do is we move into deconstruction when for some reason the experiences we have don't align with the beliefs we've been told to believe or we've been believing. And there's this conflict. And so the construction, the construction we've made, um, gets deconstructed. We start pulling things down. We start ripping apart the building. We start making things crumble. And if I'm being honest again, deconstruction is the most fun part. It's so fun because you just get to say F everything. It's beautiful. And I did this for a really long time. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But deconstruction is really interesting because we just kind of get to throw up this proverbial middle finger to the world and say, Psh, Maybe. I don't believe that anymore. I'm better than that. I'm beyond that. Sorry. And it's really easy to stay in deconstruction and exist there for a really, really long time. In fact, it's so easy, some of us fall into the trap of staying there forever. Because the real work and task is this movement into reconstruction. 
And so I start with a question for you to uh, reflect on today and, and maybe as we move forward together as a community. And the question is something along these lines of what in your life and your experience is worth building upon? And that's where reconstruction starts. But after everything is torn down and you have this pile of rubble in front of you, what's worth building on after that? What ideas, what experiences, what things that you think you know, what things are worth rebuilding? And then the very difficult task of reconstruction happens. I don't know if you've ever built a house before, but it just so happens that I started dating this girl in high school named Michaela. And it just so happens that the minute I started dating her, her family was also building a house. And so I had the awesome job of the boyfriend to show up to try and hang out with her, and I got wrangled into building a house most nights. It was stupid. Um, but I learned a lot about building houses, and I learned even more about patience and time and what it takes to build a house, because the house that her parents now live in, there's some pride and joy that I have every time I go to that house that I get to help build it. One night in particular, um, I was there to take Michaela on a date, and her dad was like, hey, can you help me hang a piece of drywall? He said, A, singular, one. I was down there for three hours hanging drywall. Pissed me off. Oh, my gosh. Her mom came down and was like, Ron, you got to stop. You gotta, you, you're, you're saying them to dinner and you're paying for it. And he's like, one more piece, one more piece. <laughs> and she's like, we all know how that works. So anyway, building a house takes a lot of work and it's the same with reconstruction. It takes a lot of work. In 2005, I was exposed to a guy named Rob Bell. And uh, I think 2005, I was a sophomore in high school. And our youth group became fascinated with this guy named Rob Bell. He had this thing about him that um, of all the Bible communicators we'd listened to, he seemed to be the most fresh and creative. And he was kind of taking the world by storm. Um, we literally, I mean, we, we'd burn CDs of his sermons and exchange them and trade them like Pokemon cards. I mean, we were way into this guy. Because the way he talked about God was so refreshing to us. It was different. And, and it was really cool because our youth pastor, his name is Adam, was incredibly influenced by Rob. And so he did his best to also communicate God in a, in a unique and different way. And this became very profound for us. So Rob Bell takes this church in Grand Rapids, Michigan to a point where on the weekends they're facilitating like 11,000 people a weekend. Just insane. And Rob Bell writes multiple books over this time, uh, different books. He, he makes these video series. And at one time in 2011, Time Magazine actually called him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. A pastor out of Michigan. And so we were drinking the Kool-Aid and we were loving it. Also in 2011, Rob Bell writes this book called Love Wins. And that was kind of like a tagline for their church. Like they had bumper stickers, they had a bunch of marketing around it. And so Love Wins was this thing that the church really um, got around and got behind. And so he writes this book called Love Wins. And he talks about the very controversial issue of heaven and hell. He talks about the different interpretations of heaven, different interpretations of hell. And what was awesome about it is he never actually claimed anything in the book of what he believes, but the religious Christian world uh, destroyed him. A tweet by John Piper even was sent out that was rescinded, which is hilarious, like he deleted it, um, that said, farewell, Rob Bell. Because don't take away people's hell. That's bad. 
So Rob Bell never claims any uh, belief necessarily for himself. He just writes about the topic. And if you've ever read the book, it's a lot less about heaven and hell and a lot more about this present moment and how we interact with each other. Beautiful, beautiful uh, book. Uh, Shortly after that, because of the problem that started, Rob Bell resigns from the church and essentially disappears. He just like leaves everything. He's kind of active on Twitter. He had, a, he had a Tumblr blog that he would post blogs, but for the most part, he just disappeared. And from 2011 to 2015, I'm like, well, where's Rob Bell? What is he doing? And there's always like rumors swirling about what he's doing and, and what's going on, and, but he's pretty much off the grid. And um, I didn't know where he was until 2015, uh, spiritually, uh, but he came back in like 2016, 17, something like that, he made this thing called the Robcast, and he goes back to teaching and influencing and leading people. And I go back to Rob Bell, and I find that I don't like it. Like, Rob Bell seems more Rob Bell than he ever has been. He seems in his groove, and he seems, he seems like he's just nailing it. But I don't like it. And nothing had really changed. Nothing was different. He was still Rob Bell, using creative communication and ideas but I, I couldn't palate it. It was just, it was annoying. It was frustrating. It wasn't what I was looking for. And I never understood the disconnect there. Like, why would someone I enjoy so much all of a sudden just fall off the plate for me? And it's because of what happened to me in 2015. In 2015, and I feel like I'm turning into my father because I'm going to say, I don't know if I've told this story before. So I, I'm 30 and I'm already my dad and I hate it. Um, but... I'm a camp director for this camp that we have called Super Summer. And um, it was the probably the most frustrating week of my life. Because I'm the camp director, I have to make things happen, I have to make people happy. And literally being a camp director means you just, you hear people complain all day long. And you try and fix it, most of it you can't fix, and you hope the people that complained about it just forget about their complaint. That's what being a camp director is. Sam, you've worked at Super Summer, you know. And And about midweek, there was just some huge disconnect between the people who kind of own and run the camp and our vision for what camp should be. And there was some disconnect between this idea of church and what it should be. And I ended up getting in my truck and driving up the mountain, up this old mining road, and getting to the top and taking a few minutes up there and driving back down. And I went straight to my little tent I was staying in. And I opened a notebook and I wrote the words, I am a liar. I... I called my friend Tim Weidlich right after that. And he's like, what's up? You're at camp. I was like, yeah. And I shouldn't be here. He's like, what's wrong? I was like, this is all a lie, Tim. All of it. I'm I'm telling these students to pray and worship and believe in this God that I don't think I believe in. And Tim's response was, sorry. (laughs) Because what do you say to that? What I think I entered around 2015 was this thing called deconstruction, where everything I'd been taught to believe up to that point in my mid-20s was that there was this package of Christianity that was really, it was good for me at the time, and then through this camp experience, I realized I entered deconstruction because it was starting to not make sense. My interaction with people, my interaction with this thing called God, um, what I was trying to point, point, point people towards. Like, I was trying to tell students, like, yeah, worship God, pray, do all this stuff, but I don't want to. And so deconstruction happens. 
And what I realized is that in 2011, when Rob, Rob Bell went off the grid, I, I wonder if he didn't go into some deconstruction to just disappear and figure some things out. Because starting in 2015, what I did is I entered into this thing called deconstruction, where little by little, piece by piece, the, the walls started coming down, and it really hit hard in 2016 when I left my job at the church, because then, then instead of taking a sledgehammer to the walls, I could take a wrecking ball, because I didn't have to make anyone happy anymore. I didn't have to toe the party line. I got to do whatever I wanted to do, and I got to enter deconstruction. And it was in the midst of my deconstruction that Rob Bell comes back and the message is no longer the same. And this is the weird thing about deconstruction and now what I'm talking about in reconstruction. Because what I've noticed is that just like construction, we enter deconstruction and we're still looking for people who believe what we believe. We're looking for people who want to tear everything down. We're looking for people who want to destroy belief with us. We're looking for people that want to question things because at the end of the day, we're a tribalistic people. We like our little enclaves and we like people to agree with us. That's why there's political parties. That's why there are different uh, groups of fans. Like it's, 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 it's easy just to find what you like and stay there. But the thing with deconstruction is you find the people like you, but you're all just tearing things down. And it's much easier to speak out about what you're against than to find anything you're for. For example, it's much easier to tell you that I hate the Denver Broncos than I like the Raiders. Because the Raiders are garbage. And Denver just sucks, I hate them, it's so easy. So it's easier to find people that hate Denver than it is to find Raiders fans and there you go. Just like deconstruction, it's easier to point at the things we don't like and then find the people that are with us that, we, that don't like that thing. It's just easy to stay in that camp. And I was there for a very long time. I've talked a lot about it. And so I'm going to be done talking about it now. Because what started to happen in 2017, probably more 2018, is this thing called reconstruction. And <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't plan on sharing much of my reconstruction with you today. You don't get to know what I believe. And I'm doing that because I've already done some of it for you. If you're interested, you can go listen to a talk I gave called I Can't Be Good Without You. Like reconstruction has happened. But, but I want to arrive at this place of some thoughts around reconstruction. Because it's been one of the most interesting and challenging parts of my spirituality, and I'm sure it has been for you too, because the conversation that continues to go on around here is when are we going to talk about reconstruction? You know, Matt even made a nice little jab and joke at me last week about like how most of my talk is, I don't know what I believe, but let's come to the table. I get it, I do that. And, and I think the reason I do that is because what I'm trying to avoid is that just like in reconstruction and deconstruction and construction, it's really easy to hear someone with a microphone talk and go, oh my gosh, they believe that? Me too, I can exist here. And I think that's the whole danger in all of this. That for me, reconstruction has been such an intimate and private process that it's not my job to tell you what I believe just so you can feel good here and exist here. 
that you can walk in and go, oh, they believe that? Cool, I can be there. Because I wonder if that's the danger in all of this. The danger in reconstruction is that we start to build something, we look at something worth building, and then we continue to look for people who agree with us. And so I'm not going to share with you what I believe today. Partially because I don't know. (laughs) But partially because I, I want to avoid this danger of creating this enclave in this place called Art House Cinema and Pub where we all show up and say, yeah, we've all reconstructed the same thing. What I've noticed about reconstruction, and when I ask you the question, what in your life is worth building on, is that's a very individual question to you. I can't tell you what to build upon. I have personally found one thing in my life that I have started reconstructing around, and it will probably shape everything for the rest of my life. But it's only one thing, and it's my thing. And if you'd like to hear about it, I would love to get a beer or nachos with you. I like both of those things. And I'd love to talk about it sometime. But I'm not doing it on this platform because I'm not going to create this air in this place of, oh, hey, the guy who gets a mic once a month believes this. We're safe there. Because that's not reconstruction. Reconstruction is deeply intimate and personal for you and your beliefs that you spent all this time constructing and then tearing it all down and you want me to tell you what to believe? That's bullshit is what that is. But you get the job to start building on your own. That reconstruction starts with this question, what is there worth building upon? The things, the experiences, the ideas that you look at this thing you just tore down and go, what matters? Now here's where it's weird. There's a duality to reconstruction. Deeply intimate and personal, and you get to decide what you rebuild and reconstruct. But the weird part is, we're still somehow all in this together. That there is a certain um, nuance to this, that if we're all going to reconstruct, and we're all going to call this place home, there's going to be some tension. And some places we might disagree. And some things that might not hit on all cylinders for all people. And I think that's where reconstruction becomes communal. But as I reconstruct, I probably believe a lot of different things than a lot of you. And in some of our conversations, I know that's true. But as I reconstruct, the fact that I've been given permission to reconstruct here means that you have the exact same permission. That wherever this thing called God or wherever spirituality, wherever Christian, wherever these things are leading you to rebuild, I want you to know you have nothing but space for that here that is intimate and deeply personal as mine is and as yours is, we get to do this together still. That we look each other in the eye and we are present, present, we are honest, we are open, and we are loved together. And for me, this has been probably the most difficult part of Reconstruction. That I don't sit in this ivory tower of what I've built and look down upon all of you and say, good luck. But in fact, my desire is to help you rebuild, to reconstruct. 
and that you would do the same for me. And so, all of that to be said, what in your life right now is worth building back up on? That if you're in a deconstructed state, if, if that's where you are, if you've tore everything down, look at the rubble and ask yourself, what's worth building? And that is for you, that is deeply personal and intimate. And then my hope for you is you would look at this community and say, would you help me build it? Because that's what I've done. I walked in these doors for the first time on, I believe, it was the, it was the second weekend, first weekend in July, 2016, in an immense deconstructive state, and it was really fun to walk in and tear everything down, and it was really fun to look at the old church I worked at and scoff at it and mock them for their practices and look at this thing called God and laugh it off as a joke, and then I show up here, and, and I do things like say the Lord's Prayer and take communion with you and interact with you. And I realized that as deeply intimate and personal as my reconstruction began in 2018, that it was because of you I got to reconstruct. What in your life is worth building back upon? What's there? What do you want to build on? And are you inviting the people around you to be a part of it? It's this weird thing that it's about you and it's about us. And that's where I'm at with reconstruction. That you all have nothing but permission from me to reconstruct however you need to, and I am more than willing to go on that journey with you. Because you've been more than willing to do it with me. And so we come to the table. The table is a unique thing. I don't look at the table. Oh, here you go. Here's some reconstruction. You're welcome. Okay. So I don't look at the table and think, Jesus. I don't. I look at the table and think we are all here together. I love the table in this context because you individually get to walk up, take the bread, dip it in the juice, ingest it, and reflect on whatever you want to reflect on. And yet we all do it together. And I think this table is the picture of reconstruction that might be the healthiest for us as we move forward as a community of people. Your beliefs, your reconstruction, your idea, together. So I'm going to invite you forward with one thing on your brain. What's worth rebuilding and reconstructing? And who are you inviting to be a part of it? Come join us at the table. What I don't want for us is to fall into the trap of finding an enclave of people who we agree with. That's easy. And I don't think that's honest reconstruction. I think honest reconstruction means you individually look what you want to rebuild upon and communally invite people to be a part of it or help. And that's risky and it's difficult. Uh, but I'll tell you, I've done it so far and it's been okay. So I hope you can too. And I really believe this is a place and space that exists or that we can exist in where that happens. Um, we are done a bit early today. Um, so parents give the kids, people, a little more time to finish what they're finishing, probably like 11.30-ish. Um, the ish is on the other side of 11.30, not this. Uh, not like 11.29, like 11.31. Okay, that's ish, thanks. Um, again, what are you building upon? 
or what are you building and who you invite to be a part of it. Sure, love you guys. Thanks for letting me reconstruct here. And I hope that is also happening for you. Much love. Talk to you later.